Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. As I was thinking back in my life, back in the 80s, I went to a conference with a company I worked for, and it was a disability company. We had a speaker, and a guy got up, and it was very obvious that his leg was not formed correctly, as well as his arms and his hands. He had to wear a brace on his leg to be able to walk at all. It was very thin, and his hands had almost no fingers on them. Mm-hmm. And as he went about talking, he told us how he fought against the bad stuff that was in his life. He fought against it to the point where he actually became a player for a top-level D1 tennis team. And as he went through this whole story, and, and he had plenty more things he said about that, when he finished up, though, here we are, a disability company, and he looked at all of us as salespeople, and he said, okay, so what's your disability? And you realize right there, you know, what am I complaining about? What's stopping me from moving forward? Well, today we have another incredible story from the world of tennis. And I'm not going to explain any more than that. I'm going to let our interviewee, Rick Etheridge, (laughs) explain that to you and how it fits in, because I think this is just such a powerful story. And I hope this conversation kind of gives you that sense of awe that I got from watching the movie. And you'll listen to to Rick as he's experienced it, you know, being a producer and a writer for it. Rick's been on with us before. You know, he helped with all the things on the uh, Mulligan. You know, he's been in this business and entertainment for 35 years and multiple levels of things. And so, Rick, welcome back again to In All by Bruce. <laughs> hey, it's great to be with you again. Thanks. Glad to have you here. And uh, how would you start off this conversation? Because I was highly impacted by this. How would you say this to help people understand what we're talking about? Well, I think the most remarkable thing for me when I met Brad Brad was uh, was then later in life, but he was deaf, and I was told that he was deaf, and I don't sign, so I'm thinking, well, how am I going to communicate with this guy? I'm going to write him a note, or what do you do? And <laughs> and uh, and I learned very quickly that he had picked up reading lips better than anybody I'd ever met, and so here's this guy sitting across from me at a table, and as long as he was looking at my face, and I was looking at him directly you would hardly even know that he was deaf. But as soon as you turned away or anything like that, like if the waitress came up and said, sir, can I refill your coffee? He didn't hear that. Uh, Uh He had to look up and see that the the lady was there, but it remarkable uh, that, and so you could tell he had a a slight speech impediment, but uh, you know, that's the only thing. It was the only hint, the only clue. And uh, he seemed to be picking up everything, and, and we had a very normal conversation. And here's this dynamic, charismatic guy uh, who just had so much to, to talk about and, and was such an inspirational character himself that made me want to read his book and dive into his story. And uh, that's how we started. I was given his book to check out and learn about his story, and, and that's where it began. Now, tie this together for us. What blows your mind from this whole thing? Well, the remarkable story that we tell is of him, uh, 
you know, winning the gold at the uh, the World Olympics, World Games, 1985, and uh, not just doing that, which would be a feat for anybody, but uh, he was down two sets, five games, 40 love. So if you know anything about tennis, you know, you lose a point, you're gone. You lose a game, you're gone. I mean, that's three match point and five games to go. Lose anything there and you're gone. He came all the way back. And uh, it was a, a three-word prayer that he yelled and screamed at God on the courts, God help me. And uh, five hours later, he had uh, come all the way back from this deficit, won the tournament and won the gold medal from a previous two-time gold medalist, uh, not a slouch by any means. But uh, the story's remarkable of that. But then you look at, uh, at his life after that and and the other things that Brad did, uh, he's just a phenomenal human being that I think has a message for everybody. So uh, that is why we, we told the story. Now translate that into the people listening. Why would this matter to me? Well, it's a story of perseverance. It's a story of overcoming. It's a story of, of uh, as you mentioned, when you were sitting in your room with your insurance folks and they said, so what's your disability you know, we've all had things to overcome. We've all got shortcomings. We have insecurities. We have things that we deal with. Well, in the movie, we actually tell Brad's life. We tell mm -hmm. when he was three years old, here's this young kid who's used to hearing his mom's voice and running around laughing with his friends. And all of a sudden, through a high fever, an illness, he becomes totally deaf. So we have a doctor who basically gives, here's three things you can do. Number one, you can institutionalize him, which mm -hmm. is kind of what they did back in that particular era. It was yes. you know, put him away somewhere with his own kind so he can make his way and do his thing and he won't yeah. be bothering you anymore. The other thing you could do is you could teach him to sign language. That just means everybody needs to learn how to sign so that he can communicate with everybody else around him. Or if you want to, you could teach him lip reading. Well, mom and dad chose the third option, which was the hardest and the mm -hmm. most difficult because they had to now accept this disability and live with it and grow into it along with Brad. So as you see that story and then you see him grow through life, back then when you had a hearing aid, it was not like something that you see today where you can hardly even tell they have it. It's a, it's a little micro. Uh, back then, it was uh, you, you strapped this thing on and you had wires going up to your ears and it looked like you were wearing a bra or something, really. Mm -hmm. And so he was made fun of by his uh, kids at school, laughed at, was bullied. Uh, so he had that to deal with. He even had teachers that you know, were frustrated at even, why do I have to deal with this kid? You know, I want to go about my day and teach. Don't, isn't there another place we could put this guy? <laughs> it was, so he dealt with adversity at every level. And uh, all of us have those things. We all have our own deficiencies, maybe not as Brad's was, but uh, he overcame. And uh, one of the greatest lines in the movie, as you get to the end of the film, and, and it's uh, uh, it's not a spoiler alert, because I think we know he wins. <laughs> he gets the goal. <laughs> but uh, his mom comes up to him, and he's excited, obviously. And he says, Mom, I won. I won. I came all the way back. And her response back to him is, son, you've been coming back your whole life. Uh, you've been dealing with adversity. You've been dealing with these things. You've been coming back your whole life. My favorite line in the movie. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a message for everyone. I mean, we've all been knocked down. We've all been going through disappointments. Uh, we've got our own issues that we deal with. Whatever they may be, there's a, a, a real example of overcoming and of perseverance. And uh, 
Yeah, I think you feel great when you leave the theater. Our goal and objective in telling this story was the way I felt when I walked out of Rocky. I wrote, I'll never forget. It was oh, one of my, my early yeah. dates, and, and I was uh, 16 years old, and, and I'm taking this girl to the movie. And, man, I walked out of that theater punching the air. I mean, I was ready to take on the world. <laughs> and you feel that way with this movie, too. And that's exactly what we would hope is that uh, you, you see that this guy overcame it all. And so a good feel-good story and an inspirational story for everybody. Rick, did he give you any insight when you were talking with him about what inside of him or what he was thinking that helped him keep pressing on? I mean, because obviously he depends upon God. And that, right. that was such a beautiful thing to see happen. I mean, here you are. One more point, you're done. Then you fight back and end up winning the whole thing. But did he tell you anything on his thinking or what he goes through or the pains that he feels and then turns him around? Yeah. And- we actually hear during the uh, the course of his match, uh, and the beauty of this is we told Brad's story around the match. So you're not going to sit down and watch a five-hour tennis match or even, even a highlight from a five-hour tennis match. You're going to see a man's story, and we flash back into the tournament, and we mm. see how the tournament and his life interfaced to interact. So he's remembering things from coaches. Uh, he's remembering things from his his mom, from from people that spoke into his life as you go along, and you'll kind of hear him subconsciously mentioning those things as he's going about what he's doing. One neat little thing in the coach, the coach said, you know, look at the fuzz of the ball, which is basically, you know, keep your focus because you can't hear what's happening. You've got to see it. And uh, this is when seven-year-old Brad was was learning how to play tennis, and he looked at the coach and he says, mom says to look at the seams which are way, way, way smaller than the ball. And the coach says, yeah, great idea. Look at the seams. And uh, those kind of things were ringing in his head as he's going through this match and going through this tournament, as he's looking at the people that spoke into him about don't give up, about stay with it, persevere, overcome. You kind of take that whole idea of keep your eye on the ball, right? Or even the seams is even closer. You just made me think of how it talks about us keeping our eyes on Jesus, right? not even that general sense, like the ball. Let's talk about the seams, which is our real personal, intimate relationship with him. Right. That's right. Yeah. I guess that strikes me as being pretty powerful. Absolutely. It is. And, uh, you know, I think those are the times where we have to trust him most, I think, when we, hmm. and those things that we maybe in many ways are very personal. And Brad yeah. carried a lot of those things with him. He carried that weight. And you think about how dark it would look. I mean, really, if you're in a tennis match, nothing's darker looking than being in front of a bunch of people. And this guy's pretty much pounded you. And you think it could be all done in one single <laughs> shot. And yep. yet, just like us, God's telling us, put your faith in me, trust in me. I can yep. do what needs to be done and what I want you to do. That's really the important part. That's absolutely right. Yep. Well, that's, uh, I mean, the title of the movie was just, the book was appropriate. It was perfect. And it's Brad's theme along the way, never give up. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, there's always a way. And so Rick, just give us information on uh, when the movie comes out, when we can see it, where we can go look for information ahead of time. You can, all those things. We're going to be in theaters across the country, Labor Day weekend. We decided to go out right at the time that the U.S. Open is happening in New York. And I think it's a great opportunity. Everybody's thinking about tennis. If they care anything about it, this is when they're going to see it. It's going to be all (laughs) over the TVs. Stan Smith, who is a number one world champion, 
Wimbledon winner, U.S. Open winner, is in the movie and is very much involved in uh, in promoting the film with us. And he'll be uh, on air and active at the U.S. Open. So we'll get some, some mentions there, I'm sure. Regal Cinemas, which is our partner, is doing a, a New York premiere two days before the release, which is Labor Day weekend. And they're doing something that's never been done before. It's a special screening for the deaf with burned captions on screen, which is going to allow them at whatever level their deafness may be to experience the film in a major city like that. It's going to be exciting. And all around the U.S. Open, Stan Smith will be there to answer questions and, and interact with Brad, who will be there also. So a lot of neat things happening around this. We're excited about it. You know, anybody that plays tennis will love the film. Anyone that has dealt with any level of deafness or any issue that they've had to overcome will love the film. The faith message is certainly there for the faith community. So we have a broad audience, and we're hoping we'll uh, we'll embrace this <laughs> at Labor Day weekend. That's when we go. Wow, that is fabulous. Um, yeah. If people want to promote this, where can they go to find stuff to help maybe send to friends or anything? Plenty. Uh, they can go online to nevergiveupfilm.com nevergiveupfilm.com or go to the website there or Facebook, any of the social medias, which is Never Give Up Film. And there's posts there every day. There's a lot of information. You can go to the website and literally put in your zip code and see where your closest theaters are. So Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be able to find something close to you that way and uh, know where to go. But we would appreciate any help we can get to spread the word like the page and you know <laughs> let's look at the trailer and and spread it around through your social media those are great ways to help this is just a comment one of the things that really struck me in the movie this is just aside from the regular story was when stan smith is watching the game and the current champ hits a shot that would be called a kill shot it, yeah i mean it's like a dead shot and it looks like mims is done and yet somehow he scrambles over and he gets the ball. Well, the thing is, the other guy had already turned around, figured it was a kill shot, and was walking back right. towards his corner. And all of a sudden, the ball comes popping over his head and drops down in front of him. And Stan Smith says, you know what? That's what makes this harder than what I played. Because we could hear the strings. We could hear the yeah. noises. So we knew what was going on. He had no right. clue that ball was coming over his head. That's right. Yeah, that's the thing about deaf tennis. And we explained some of that. You hear the feet moving. You hear the, yeah. the ping on the racket. None of that mm-hmm. is, is there for them. Yeah, that, and that's a, it's a great example. Yeah. Rick, as we end up here, thank you for giving us all this information and insight about it. Absolutely. What's next for you? <laughs> oh, I am writing a, a story right now that we're working with that is a phenomenal Western that is set in the state of Florida. We think of the Wild West happening in Wyoming or wherever it happens to be out West. We've done a lot of research and looked into it. Yeah. And a lot of the early pioneers, before they went West, they went South. And yeah. so uh, kind of the tagline of the movie is, before the Wild West was the Florida Wild. So it's cowboys and Indians and railroads and, and alligators and snakes and swamps and all kinds of things. <laughs> so it's it's a phenomenal story. We're excited about it. And uh we're hoping to shoot that uh, into this year, and so it'll be a while before you'll hear much about it, but uh, that's something that's kind of a passion project that we're in the middle okay. of right now. Yeah. And you're not going to call it Yellow Gatorstone or something? or Probably not. No. Probably I not. think we're going to call it South of 60. There's a 
demarcation line where a lot of this happened when you look back in the history and it's a little two lane highway that cuts the, the middle of the state of Florida and it was called South of 60. And so uh, wow. the Cowboys knew stuff happens South of 60. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. We'll be praying for that and uh, be praying yeah. for uh, never give up. That's fabulous. There so you go. God bless you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate you uh, helping us get the word out. We greatly appreciate all the help we can get there. Hey, anytime I can, Rick. We'll All right. see you. You got it. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.